1: Our quote of the day Make visible what without you might never have been seen. That was said by Robert Bresson. Hello, everyone. My name is Addie Hirshton. I'm a contemporary impressionist painter, art instructor, author, and public speaker. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories about art and the creative process to inspire you and help you move forward, and in turn, honestly, make myself uh, be inspired and move forward. (laughs) On the show, I interview artists from a wide variety of mediums so that we can learn from each other's processes and philosophy. Today's podcast features an interview with the artists Aaron Goodman and Deanna Leonard, who together teach art through their business, caravan classes, and the story behind our current American Flags design. Announcements. You in the Indianapolis area are all invited to my next uh, gallery art opening. It's at the Harrison Art Center on April 7th, first Friday, um, for a show called Petal Pushers. So it's all garden-themed, floral-themed, that will be an exciting, fun night, and that show will be up for a month at the Harrison. On June 10th, I'm going to be hosting a flower painting party at the Hatch. Uh, the Hatch is a gathering place where they have a, an art classroom in it, and they invited me to do a workshop. So I said, hey, how about if I bring flowers from my garden and we can all paint together? And that's going to be June 10th. And if you want to sign up for that, just go to my website, azirfineart.com, and you can um, register there. Um, I've got books coming out. The Happy Kite, which is a children's book that I illustrated and is inspired by a true story that happened to my daughter and I. Uh, That is now available on Amazon. And then I also have a how-to painting guide book called at the Alchemy of Painting. And very soon, but not yet, that will be available as well. So stay tuned for that. Many of you may have noticed that the podcast now has a new logo. So for the first couple years, I had a logo that was um, a picture from a painting I created that was of a cow skull. And uh, that painting, I did um, a years back, and it, it was, uh, I, I painted this cow skull, it was inspired by Georgie O'Keefe, we had a Georgie O'Keefe exhibit here at our art museum, and um, a friend let me borrow this cow skull, and much like the Dutch Vanitas paintings from the, the 17th century, it's it was meant to represent uh, death, and in turn life, so uh, you may have noticed that 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 painting had a skull, and it had these flowers in it, and the purpose of which is to inspire you to remember, oh yeah, death is upon us, you know, you want to live while you can, Um, but, you know, in chatting with a friend, I realized, you know, that's, it's kind of obscure, and maybe not clear to other people what the heck that logo symbolized, (laughs) so um, I, I decided to just make it uh, more simple by having a photo of my palette with all the colors on it in paint and then putting the Alchemy of Art podcast words on the logo. And so I simplified it, changed it. I hope you guys like it. Maybe it reflects better what the heck it is we're doing here. <laughs> and at any rate, uh, now I think we're ready to move forward. Here's my interview with Aaron Goodman and Deanna Leonard. Erin Goodman is an art teacher at Zionsville Middle School, and Deanna Leonard is a metal designer, jewelry maker, and art instructor. Together, they formed the business Caravan Classes. Using a mobile vintage camper as a portable art studio classroom, as well as their Noblesville studio space, Erin and Deanna host art parties and events throughout the Indianapolis area. You can find out more about what they're doing on their Facebook fan page, Caravan Classes, and their website, uh, squareup.com caravanclasses. Welcome, Erin and Deanna.
2: Thank you for having us. This is Deanna.
0: And this is Erin. <laughs>
1: awesome, ladies, I'm so glad you're here. The first question I have for you is, what is the story of how you both became artists? We'll start with Deanna. Okay.
2: Uh, Well, I'm adopted and I was adopted from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, the adoption agency where I was adopted from, um, right off the bat, they knew enough about my birth mother to tell her, to tell my parents to always supply me with art supplies, uh, make sure that I had art supplies. So they had some background information somewhere along there uh, to make sure that or my parents would give me things to be creative with. And they always did. So as long as I can remember, I was drawing and I was using those things that they were giving me to create art. And at one point in time, a friend of my mother's had noticed um, that I was always drawing. And so she was a puppet maker. She, did, she wrote books about making puppets. Mm-hmm. So she had invited me to uh, basically draw the pictures for one of the segments of her books because she wanted to show the public that anybody, you didn't have to be a, a you know, fabulous artist, you could even be a child and design a puppet and make this puppet. So um, that was, I think, one of the most empowering experiences of my childhood that kind of uh, gave me the push to be okay
0: with continuing and doing my art. Okay. And- mm-hmm. This is Erin. And I'd say my story of becoming an artist is really inspired most by my two parents, because they actually met over art. They met because my father had a piece of wood that he wanted a mushroom painted on in probably 1968, and my mother was an art major at Marion College, and um, her friend connected them, and my mom painted this beautiful, realistic, morale mushroom, and I think their interest in art then spread into our family. I have an older sister, and as a child, they took us to art museums and art exhibits and art competitions and they both painted in their free time. So they'd get home from work and mom would paint in kind of an impressionistic style. She liked portraiture. And my father, who was a draftsman by trade, painted in a very mechanical way using rulers and um, stencils and loved Charles Wysocki and his um, highly detailed still life paintings. So he did a lot of those, which I have entire collection, actually. My father's paintings hang in my home. But my um, parents really just exposing us to all of that art made my sister and I just naturally kind of gravitate towards that. And as a child, I recall everyone thinking my sister was more of an artist. And that really discouraged me a little because they always kind of put her on a pedestal. And I always wanted to be more like her. And I always felt like I wasn't as great of an artist. But when I was in fifth grade, I felt like my elementary art teacher really recognized me as an artist, which had never happened before. And she didn't know my sister and gave me an art award. And it really was that boost that I needed personally. And I think after that, I really wanted to be her. I idolized that teacher, and I loved being in the art room. It was my favorite place to be all day. So I knew really then that I wanted to be an art teacher and oh, another thing I wanted to say, my um, parents loving art also meant that we were always making things at our home. We weren't they weren't just painting, they were creating. my, my parents really built a home that we lived in. Um, they actually moved a log cabin to our property and my dad built the doors and put everything in above the, the basic log structure. So I feel like I grew up in a really creative home where my mom was cross stitching and quilting and, my Dad was building things with wood, and so that's my art story. It's interesting. I'm hearing from both
1: of you that it's it's like your parents are these influencers and even even the mom that you never knew right. and and how it's like we we get support from them or or guidance or. And that's good, but sometimes it's like they put us in a a role. Like Mm -hmm. with your sibling, there's the role of the artist kid or the role of the athletic kid, and then we want to break out of that shell. (laughs) Any thoughts on that?
2: Um, As far as breaking out of the shell of, you know, maybe a role that someone had put you in, I think that that just happens naturally in life. Mm -hmm. I I think it it occurs with abilities that are clearly seen. There's always the kid that has, say, the ability for sports. Uh, We do have to be careful about putting people on a pedestal as far as, you know, this is the greatest or this is what you should emulate. But I think in the art world, we have such a big variety of things that we can look at for inspiration and they're so different, you know, whereas sports, yes, you hone your body and you, you get to that point where you can be a, a good athlete, you know, but it's the same way with art You, but you can take a different direction.
0: And I do feel like as, a, as teachers, we both see a lot of students of all ages. We see kids come in with certain attitudes about art in adults even more um, that maybe believe they don't have an ability in art or a certain medium. And we really like to, through our teaching, break those molds that people are in. So um, we really are always trying to inspire people to think they can be creative and try something new and often they surprise themselves. So I think um, it is important to encourage your children to really find their passions. I'm always in awe of some students I have that um, have parents that really just let them explore any interest they may have that may be something that the parents have no experience with. Maybe their child is interested in singing and they don't have any way to help them, but they get them into the programs that can really build that confidence or give them those skills. So think it is really important for parents to have that open-mindedness and not think that their children need to be something that they want them to become, but that they can become themselves. And we were lucky that our parents really believed in us. Mm-hmm. My, my parents did encourage me a lot by buying me things as a child, but I think that my sister needed a little extra encouragement and something. And She was more creative in how she dressed and expressed herself through dance. And so they naturally thought, plus I was really interested in sports as a child. So I think they kind of pegged me as like, she's the athletic one and this is the artistic one. But I think I pushed, really, I forced, I was happiest when creating. Anytime I traveled in the car, whether a short distance or a long distance, I always had some kind of art supply. Did Mm -hmm. you do
2: that as a child? I did, and I just... I want to clarify this is Deanna I want to clarify basically that you know I don't think I was interested in art because my parents maybe forced it on me or just made sure that I only had art supplies they exposed me to a variety of things um, but I did have the ability the natural ability and I enjoyed doing it and it relaxed me and um, did actually you know wanted to make sure that I had above, you know, a doll or another plaything, my art supplies with me, you know, things to draw, little pencils and little pads of paper and, you know, whether I was at church or whether I was in the car, you know, it was just that was a natural thing for me and it was an interesting insight that they were told this is something you might provide your child with. Uh-huh. So I don't know, it's just it is interesting. Does is it organic or is it the opportunity, mm-hmm. um, or both. I think I think it's a little both.
1: Yeah, I agree for sure. <laughs> okay, so what's the story behind the caravan and how it got fixed up and how you decided
0: to make it into a business? Erin, uh, do you want to start? Well, being a teacher in my 20th year, I've always dreamed of writing uh, a grant through um, Lily. Um, they have, Eli Lily has a teacher creativity grant, and it's there to um, renew the spirit of a teacher who's been teaching for at least five years. And it's really an opportunity to write your dream trip. And it should tie into the subject that you teach. And um, the hope is that you then bring back that story of your um, travel um, to your students and can inspire them in some way. So I have always been thinking about what my best idea would be for that Lily Grant and for years have thought about you know should I travel to Mexico I love Mexico I love Mexican folk art or should I travel to Europe and do something in Barcelona and see the mosaics so really after thinking for a while I thought well I, I'd love to travel but I also love to be at home and my favorite way to travel is in a road trip type way I love to take short little trips three or four hours and maybe visit a new city or town and maybe find the local art center or the art museum and see an exhibit, maybe take a class. So that idea really led to creating a a home that I could travel in. So um, I bought a vintage camper thinking that it would be more impressive to Lily in the grant proposal if I had done a little of the back work. And I wrote the grant saying that I would use the money to remodel this vintage camper into a home that I could travel in and create art. And once that was accepted, I started remodeling the camper. Interestingly enough, I had bought a camper that needed a lot more repair than I was capable of in that short amount of time. So Deanna heard me talking about that and purchased that first camper from me. Then I bought a newer model of the Shasta and remodeled it more quickly, and went on my trip. While I was there on my trip that summer, Deanna was using her caravan for pop-up opportunities, selling her vintage wares and jewelry that she had been making. And when I got back from my trip in 2015, we decided that we wanted to collaborate, having been friends for quite a while and already selling our wares together at craft and art fairs. Um, it just and being art teachers, it naturally kind of fell into place and we created this idea over really the course of about six months of meeting and mm-hmm. generating the ideas for the business.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And I'm wondering, you know, how do you collaborate? I'm a very independent person so I I hear Oh, going into business with somebody else. I think, well, that could be great because you'd support each other and you'd keep each other going and you'd know that you had to do certain things because you're in it together. and it, So it would put some responsibility on both and it might... Make things happen faster, but then I think, well, what if you? I disagree with a person about something. You know, how do you guys deal with that? And then just the planning of, okay, what do we decide? Do you have meetings and you say, okay, the next six months, this is what we're gonna do. How's that all happen?
2: Okay, sure. This is Deanna. So, when we kind of started brainstorming this idea, it was definitely because we both had an interest in, um, A, vintage campers, and, and just like, Glamping. well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe on some level, yes, and um, being able to use that as an extension of us, even as an art form. So, Erin... Um, refitted and restored hers, that is a perfect reflection of her. Um, and, and it also, you know, is reflective of art and it just kind of conveys art when you see the camper. And I think that that's what we both will go about, you know, and I'm continually restoring mine as well, the 63 Shasta. So it will be probably more of a reflection of my style, but yet, um, they will somehow go together, you know, so that's the whole concept of the caravan. Um, A caravan is basically, I think, a group of people that travel together, and they all have differences, and they're all, you know, maybe a little eclectic, and so, you know, by definition, a caravan is people who travel together, so that's kind of how we've decided to make it work, and, you know, she has different interests and I do in different ways that we, um, go about art. But yeah, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of of talking through and um, how are we going to present this project? Or, you know, are you more versed in planning this project? You know, and and what can we both bring to it? So it's essentially a literal caravan and then also, you know, a metaphorical
0: caravan as well. And I'll speak on that as well. Um, Deanna and I had um, experience working together before this we shared a space at many arts and crafts fairs together so we already had experience kind of blending our styles and just collaborating on that display Um, we also shared a space at a a store in our town of noblesville um, and collaborated that way and the idea of bringing something different, a different experience to these art fairs where everyone's selling things that they made. We had the idea that maybe, you know, people might want to take a break, have a seat, and um, something at these art events that they could take with them as a memory that is handmade. Um, People stop and have a snack at art fairs. They might um, need a little rest. Um, And we really liked the idea of creating activities for people of all ages to stop in and enjoy. Um, we also, um, when working together, it's been difficult because we were are very independent people as well and for years have just done our own art, but we find that we work really well together and we enjoy each other's company. We're great friends, so um, it. we really... Um, have been a great team and I think it's difficult to partner up with someone and we're really lucky to have found someone that we creatively are compatible with Mm -hmm. and we inspire each other I'm just always blown away that when we meet um, she brings an idea that I never would have thought of ever in my life and I'm sure I do some Mm -hmm. of that for you as well and if we're ever feeling down which happens a lot in the creative industry it's easy to get in a slump or to feel discouraged we're really good at encouraging each other or to just, you know, bring a different point of view and think of things. And it's it's been a really great thing for me creatively. She inspires me to continue to grow and explore new art mediums. And I think we've learned a lot from working together.
2: And just, I'll add just a little bit to that. Um, Uh Just as, yeah, as collaborating, and you talked about earlier being in a box, you know, maybe as an artist, you feel that you're really good at this technique or you're really good at this medium. But working with someone who has a completely different, art form or that they are into I think that that's freeing because it does start to open you up out of your box mm-hmm. and I think that that's what we want to do for people as we teach them you know try this technique or try mm-hmm. this technique and they may not love it and they may not stick with it but it's super important that they try it right so yeah. <laughs> like green eggs and ham <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Oh, I just got it share with you guys that i have on pinterest a board Mm -hmm. that is called gypsy camper fantasies and you know for those of you who love the Mm -hmm. fixing up the old caravans i mean there's so much on pinterest Mm and people have done some just beautiful things it's it's a a phenomenon (laughs) okay what do you guys say most often to your students i guess we'll start with deanna
2: Okay. Basically what we were just talking about, essentially try it. I also like to see when they can put a little bit of themselves into an art piece. It doesn't matter if it's a very simple art piece, but what personality, you know, how can you reflect your personality somehow in this piece? Is it through color? Is it through balance? Is it through line? You know, what can you put into what you're working on that people will see and be like, ah, that's you. Mm-hmm. I know that you know. Marjorie did that, and and they could tell, um, or you know, whoever they are, they that you can look at that piece and be like, ah, okay. Yeah. So that's what I would encourage, and also freedom, even if it's a step by step, you know, finding little details that are freeing. So they might complete the step, but how can they go further? Into that,
0: um, I. This is Erin, and I find that teaching in public school, I get such a variety of students, and most of them will never become an artist as their profession. But uh, I love to teach students to open their minds about how the art experience can help them in any future career. So I think what I tell my students most often is that. Art is about the creative process, and what you learn in that process can help you in other avenues of life. We talk about, you know, football coaches even um, needing to be um, creative problem solvers, or to be fluent thinkers, or to have original ideas, or you know, the future um, chemists that are in my classroom that are trying to come up with new formulas for medications. Um, They need to have an open mind and know what it feels like to fail and how to experience that process. Um, So I think that's what I really like to push to my students. I know I have a student, a lot of students that will become artists and do enjoy the skills they learn in the class, but teaching them the history of art and that creative process is, I think, um, really what I love about teaching middle school art. Awesome.
1: What's the main message you're trying to convey with your own work? Deanna?
2: Okay, probably the reoccurring theme that I've noticed is um, imperfection. And so I guess that imperfections can be beautiful. And a lot of my work will have patina and and i love using rusty objects and and things that are imperfect and someone might throw away um so that's probably what i'm conveying is that imperfections are, are are beautiful and and you can look at them and sometimes be in awe of how beautiful you know they are as
0: a single element or together in an art piece
1: sure
0: and this is aaron and i'd say um Through my art, which is really in a variety of media um, from mosaic to painting with watercolors and acrylics and like sewing and I love making jewelry, color is the common thread. Um, My craft business is color is my middle name as is my Instagram profile and I think I've been obsessed with color more than anything since I was a child. Um, it's all I think about, it's all I look at when I'm creating art and color combinations um, as well as I, they just evoke happiness to me. So I think if if anything I'm trying to convey in my art, it's just that expression of bold color okay. and how it makes people feel possibly.
1: Okay, okay. So then that leads me to the question of, you know, there's a lot of psychological evaluations on about color. You know, there's lots of studies and, and things that have been done about, you know, if you paint a room green, then it'll make people feel calmer. And so they've done that a lot in hospitals and things like
0: that. Do you have any
1: thoughts on the emotion of color? I
0: think I, I always tell my students color is such a personal thing and quite often, People will ask the art teacher, what color should I put here? What color do you think I should use? And, of course, I can lead them to think about balance or, you know, emphasis, what they're trying to convey with that color. But the emotional reaction is very personal. Yes, there are certain colors that have been proven to calm people or to make people hungry. I think in addition to studying the science of color, Um, you have to really dig deep to to find out really what your favorite colors are and what colors you're passionate about. There are certain color combinations I detest as there are really five colors I just always kind of go back to in my life. And uh, I love digital art, and I love teaching design and creating um, computer art with students. And um, I love logo design, and whenever we do um, the personal logo or graphics for projects, we always discuss the um, the color theory in design, and they're always fascinated to hear that, oh, you know, red and yellow are the colors you'll see most often in fast food restaurants because they make you hungry. And then they start thinking about how the world is really just designed by artists. And I think that Color is an avenue to explain that. Um, Sometimes they don't notice the color symbolism all around them. Like you mentioned, the green in the hospital. Um, We talk about, you know, what if the hospital walls were red? And how would that make you feel? So I I think that is fascinating. And um, I think that through education, art education, um, it's really just you opening the eyes of people to the world around them. And we live in a more visual time now than ever. And I think when you can point out to people that, you know, everything was really created by someone and that's an art form, that it just really changes the way they see the world that they live in. And color is a big part of that. I quite agree.
1: Uh, We're to our last question. I can't believe it. What's your favorite art book or personal art story?
2: Deanna? Okay. As far as art books go, that was a great question. That was, that was very thought provoking because I mean, there are lots of books that I've encountered over my life art wise, but my favorite art book, um, definitely would have to be the book that I picked up when we were out West on a vacation. And it's not really an art book. It's, um, Georgia O'Keeffe's personal recipe collection. So it was made into like basically a cookbook and, um, I, I just love it, and it's almost like this personal insight to her because I really love her as an artist. Um, so I love looking through that book and, you know, almost kind of seeing how what she was into and kind of how she lived. It just gives me this little open, open window to um, how she lived and, and maybe her more as a person and helps me to understand her art, um, even through something as simple as cooking um, and how she cooked and why she cooked that way. And it, her approach to cooking, to me, is a little similar to her art um, w- with wild things and, and, you know, things that were, were interesting and, and from the area. You know, she like she pulled, she might have pulled a bone from um, the canyon or wherever, you know, that she lived or whatever and painted that. But um, just finding things that were local and, uh, like,
0: mutton recipes, it just it's just super interesting to me. And this is Erin. Uh, I think... My favorite art book um, that inspired me, I think it was 20 years ago, it was written by Natalie Goldberg. She's a writer primarily, but this book, Living Color, um, has her memoir of travels, and she decided to start painting and found that really painting and writing go hand in hand. You can tell a story with words, but by also telling the story through pictures, you can better explain um, what's in your mind. And she had no art experience, um, other than maybe some you know, classes as a child. But she just picked up a pen and started drawing as she was traveling. And she would take these pen drawings back to her hotel room. And with her set of gouache paints or watercolor paints, she'd fill it in, sometimes with abstract colors. She wasn't concerned about accuracy. And this was just really freeing to me to see that um, someone who maybe had some things out of proportion or out of perspective just felt free to create. And I think I always felt like my drawing style was a little cartoony and maybe not realistic enough. So it was inspiring to me to just kind of embrace the way you drew and just kind of go with it. And it just inspired me Um also to see her travels because she traveled all over the U.S. There's a chapter on New York City. There's a chapter on Santa Fe. And um, writing her um, memoirs of those travels in addition to seeing her illustrations um, were just really inspiring to me. Um, This book, which is a reissue that just came out last year, also has like 20 different art activities in the back that she would encourage you to do to inspire anyone. Um, to maybe be more artistic. so.
1: Well, I hadn't heard of either of those books, so I'll have to check them out. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming. Now for our story of the day, The American Flag. In 1958, Robert Helft was 17 years old and attending high school in Lancaster, Ohio. Everyone was talking about the territories of Alaska and Hawaii, how they might soon become states. Heft decided to create a new design of the American flag, adding two new stars. When he submitted the design to his teacher for the class project, he was given a grade of "Mm, B-, and the teacher jokingly said that if his design was accepted as the new flag, the grade would be raised to an A. Heft sent his flag design to the current President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. When Alaska and Hawaii did become states later that year, Eisenhower had to choose a new design. Out of the 1,500 designs sent to the President, Heft's flag was chosen. Heft's teacher kept the promise and raised the grade to an A. As an adult, Robert Heft later became a high school teacher, professor, and mayor of Napoleon, Ohio. So my thoughts on this story. I think it's it's really common for people to have art teachers or art critics in their life who might look at a project that they've done and say, eh, it's no good. Eh give it a B minus. But beauty all being in the eye of the beholder. You just have to take those grades, I'm using air quotes here, grades with a grain of salt. Because another person might love the design that you created and that might be their first choice. You, if you don't find the right teacher or the right uh, art fans... Maybe you just need to keep going till you find those right people, those uh, people who you really resonate with. Uh, I know for myself, I've had some really terrible art teachers, but also just when there's an attitude from the teacher that they are superior and they have everything figured out, and it's, it's hard to deal with, but I certainly urge you, as I urged myself in the past, to never get bogged down by a negative experience from a negative teacher in the classroom because those folks all have their own issues. <laughs> and there's certainly plenty of great teachers out there who have wonderful attitudes like Aaron and Deanna. So if you've had a bad experience, just keep going because you will find fans, good teachers, people who are going to support you this story is also one of the many included in my book, The Alchemy of Art Stories for the Classroom. This concludes our Alchemy of Art podcast for today. May these stories about art and the creative process inspire you. May you find your voice. You have been listening to the Alchemy of Art podcast. To find out more about Addie Hirshton and her work, go
0: to azirfineart.com. That's A-Z-H-I-R-F-I-N-E-A-R-T dot com.